again to another episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald. And you know what? You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bob McDonald. And joining me, of course, is uh, my co-host, Matt Dudek. Hey there, everybody. Don't follow Bob. Just follow the podcast. It's it's for your own safety. Whatever. Matt, Matt I, I do recommend... Yeah, I, unlike him, I will recommend you follow him on Twitter at Horizon Matt. Um... And you can also follow us on uh, Twitter as well, the podcast that is, at HorizonRT. You can follow us uh, on the web at HorizonRoundTable.com. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. And Matt, it seems like uh, you know, this is like almost the unofficial start of the uh, of our season, the basketball season. School I mean, really is in is. session. It's it's time. It really is. You know, so the, the new school year is starting. Um yeah, you know, we. I was co-host of the uh, space uh, Twitter Spaces with uh, with uh, with uh, Mid Major Madness and Nick Lawrenson, who's also with us. But we'll we'll introduce you properly in a minute. Um, and then at la- and then last episode we uh, we got to talk to Daniel Robinson, the new Cleveland State head coach. So yeah, we're we're yeah. It, it seems like it, everything is coming into place. So uh, it's only moving, so it's Take only it, it's only appropriate that uh, we we kick everything off as we have done the last couple of years since we've had HorizonRoundtable.com with our uh, annual writers forum. Uh, unfortunately, again, not all of our uh, writers are able to join us, but uh, the ones that did join us, of course, are uh, first and foremost, John Parker. Welcome once again, sir. What's up, guys? And of course, John is at Horizon John. Um, so next up is uh, Carrick Jones. How's it going? And that's at Eric uh, Carrick underscore Jones. Apparently, I uh, yeah I don't know where the I missed the K. I'm sorry about that. Okay. All right. And then um, and then of course you got Kyle Rossi. Hey zoners, how y'all doing? And that is, he is at Kyle at Kyle HZRT. And then of course we got Blake Schumacher. How's it going, everybody? And he's at B Schumacher RT. Correct. Keep forgetting yes. that part. Okay. And of course, last but not least, there is Nick Lawrenson. Um, Nick, Lor- Nick, uh, I should disclaimer this um, because you're uh, you are going to be uh, doing the IUPUI preview for us. Busiest guy in college sports for, uh, right now. Uh, he's like everywhere. Mid major madness is where he's primarily at, but uh, at N Lawrenson Sports is where you can find him personally on Twitter. How you guys doing? I I love coming on here. Love talking to Rising League hoops. Bob, Actually, we're pretty lucky that we can still afford Nick, and like he, he I still know. gives us his time, you know. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm always I, there for I, everyone. I'm always there for you. I know it's funny because I like because jo- I've joked like over the last couple of years, like one of these days Nick is gonna be like on this big old big you know platform like Field of 68 or or something like that, and we're gonna be like, you know, remember when Nick used to join, you know, come on with us and write stuff for us, and you know, he slummed it with us, but now look at him go. <laughs> He's I'll always be on there a- for you. Outstanding. Um, so yeah, obviously, uh, yeah. By the way, uh, Alec Quate was supposed to join us today. Unfortunately, he came down with COVID. Get well soon. Obviously, he's gonna be covering Cleveland State. Um, we also got a couple of new writers too. Uh, Blake, this is actually your first writers forum, so this is gonna be exciting for you. Um, we also have a new. Uh, if you've been following us on HorizonRoundtable.com. Uh, Couple of other new faces. Uh, Larry Wickle, who is uh, joining us, is covering uh, Northern Kentucky for us this year. Um, and yeah, one of those guys we who hasn't been on Twitter and M Steel five one three, I believe, is his Twitter handle. Um, we also have uh, Dylan Graff. Unfortunately, wasn't able to follow us. Uh, he was 
amazing all last year uh, covering uh, the uh, the uh, Green Bay for us as well. Uh, Mark Weems, unfortunately, no Mark Weems today. Cover uh, who covers us uh, covers. Uh, Youngstown State Forest and uh, Scott Meyer, who joined us about and Matt. I give you credit for getting Scott Meyer on board for us. Uh, you know, Scott's probably uh, still worrying about how he's going to put together his new flat top that's coming in a few days. That's okay, or, or his golf game or something. But yeah, he's covering Robert Morris for us again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I, we just got a new. Uh, we actually just got a new Milwaukee writer. So John, you're off the hook. Uh, Alex Carter is our new uh, Milwaukee writer. So his his stuff is actually. You're gonna actually see his first article come out this week. So, so what does John uh, do here now? <laughs> the power rankings, all the other league wide previews. This is you know, Fort Wayne. That's what I just heard. Uh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, we are still looking for IUP, an IUPUI and the Purdue Fort Wayne writer. So horizonroundtable.com. You can DM us at uh, Horizon RT. You know, we're still looking for it for, uh, for writers. And also, um, I guess this is, uh, I, we mentioned this uh, on the Twitter account about a month or so ago, but uh, we are in fact, um, and by the way, glad I have Rossi and, uh, and John here because they are going to be, uh, they're, they're going to be uh, the heads of our new spinoff starting on uh, September 15th, Horizon Roundtable WBB, which is they're going to be covering. Uh, we are going to have a dedicated site to women's basketball. And Blake, I know you're going to be covering women's basketball as well for them. Um, Braden Walensky will uh, also be writing Green Bay for us. So, yeah, uh, we need some writers for that, too. So this will probably be the last one you guys, writers form, you guys do as uh, for for the women here because you'll be doing your own standalone one. No God, pressure. That's writing. my calendar. Can't, 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 <laughs> doing that to me, man, killing me over here. Oh, <laughs> uh, so since you, so um, so yeah, this has been quite an off season. Um, I want to start with Carrick. Uh, do we know who's going to be on Detroit Mercy's rosters? Uh. Yeah, I mean, it, they just added T.J. Moss and Gerald Liddell. Um, I don't really expect Moss to play a lot, but he's there. He was a four-star recruit. played at McNeese last year and then left because their gym was flooded or something. I guess a hurricane came through and flooded their gym. Um, and there's one player still left to be named, um, but he is from Birmingham. He's a high school friend of A.D., so... Okay. Um, so yeah, so still not really entirely convinced they're going to finish in the top half of the Horizon League. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. It's just me. Um, so did we lose Carrick? <laughs> I think he's here. He was here, and then he Gary. Okay, sorry. All right, so. I know we're going to be talking about this probably a bunch of times in the next next month or so, month and a half or so. But you know, with Antoine Davis coming back and he was co-player of the year, is he kind of the are we penciling him in to to repeat that this year, or um, is it going to be dependent upon where Detroit Mercy finishes? Uh, I mean, I I think if he breaks the league record, I don't see them not at least giving him co-player of the year again just based on breaking the league scoring record. I don't know yeah. if that. Correct, but that's what they're going to do. Well, I'm I agree with them because I'm lazy and I know that the, he is probably going to break it. So I'm going to, yeah, he's he's definitely he's already my preseason guy pick. So spoiler alert. 
Okay, so should I just start writing that part of the preview? You might. You know what? I think you might. Is yeah. Unless <laughs> unless somebody has a throws a curveball, I mean, knock yourself out. All right. All right. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be my preseason player of the year as well because I'm a big proponent of you know if you haven't if you've got the title then you should keep it until someone knocks you off. It's the same reason, spoiler alert, that Purdue Fort Wayne's going to be my number one team in the league. I don't know why we're not talking about that more often, but nonetheless, with AD. Um, it's, you know, it's probably because we don't have a Purdue Fort Wayne writer. That's probably, probably the problem. <laughs> but with, but with <laughs> AD, yeah, but he, sh- he should be. But at the same time, I struggle to put somebody that's all they're doing is scoring on a non-winning team in that position. And I do think there's going to be some players that can, can challenge him this year for that and are going to make it tough on him, even if he does break that record. Yeah. And I think, I think one of them is, speaking of Purdue Fort Wayne, I think Jared Goffrey's going to be one of them. I really do. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about a first team guy from last season. He's on, uh, he's on a team that shared the, you know, the Horizon League, uh, you know, regular season title, you know, got to go down to uh, the CBI, which was, um, which is sponsored by one of those mail enhancement mail order companies. Yes, I said it. <laughs> I think Nick, I think I mentioned it. I think I mentioned the, and I got to apologize to the Horizon League as a whole because I'm pretty sure I mentioned, I thought, I think I said that the, for whatever reason, I did, did when we were on the uh, Twitter spaces, mm-hmm. I think I mentioned that the Horizon League tournament was, was sponsored by Hims. It was not. It was sponsored by Keeps. That's the hair guys, not the other guys. Hairs, <laughs> enhancement, it's all the same. Yeah, it is. It's all, it's I, all trying to get you better. Better for what? <laughs> for everything. <laughs> okay, if you say so. Like, the, yeah, basically, yeah, it's you know, catering to the middle-aged guy that needs, you know, who, who's in desperate need of hair, I guess. I don't know. Well, it's either that or they're going to just complain about non-conference scheduling, so, you know. Well, we're going to do <laughs> We're going to do particular. that. Just in theory. We're going to do that anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Well, we are. I mean, if we're being honest with each other, although we can't complain about Oakland's schedule, not even a little bit. No, no it's you almost can't. Perfect. That's probably the yeah. As, as it's been the case, it, yeah, Oakland is. Oakland has got the probably the best and probably the toughest non-conference schedule, especially when you consider. I am very interested in seeing. I, we've talked about Oakland a lot. I, I probably hesitate to start off so early with them, Matt, but because given that we had you just had Greg Campy on like about you know a couple weeks ago. No, we've we've do, we've done this. I'll just say when it comes to the schedule, here's what people I I don't think understand is they had to earn that schedule. It was a couple of years of going on the road and getting their ass kicked, but building building a, a schedule that was two for one. You know, Oklahoma State was a two for one to get them in the building, but then you get the payoff on it. It's built, you know, it's playing the long game, and I feel like Greg Campy is doing that better than most of the other coaches in this league when it comes to scheduling. And he does have better connections too, but, but he he's building and playing that long game, but people sit there and complain about why is Oakland going on the road and just playing these buy games. Well, it's so that you can eventually get these teams back. Most teams don't want to come into the arena. They don't want to come into Callahan. I don't even want to go into Callahan. So it's like, you've got to, you've got to build these things and people don't understand playing the long game about this league. Well, what's ironic about the what's ironic about because obviously they're playing Michigan State again. What's ironic about that because last year they played Michigan State pretty close and they came very close to winning that game too. So and not I mean, only so, did they play them close, they played it at LCA in front of a huge crowd. And yeah. guess who got the gate on that? Almost all of it was Oakland. 
yeah. because that's what they built. They they go to they go to the Breslin Center and they get their butts kicked every once in a while. They keep it close, whatever. They look good doing it as far as for recruiting and all that. And then every every couple of years they get to go to LCA and host it and make some money. Everybody wins. Exactly. I wish that Although, was me. <laughs> right. And yet here we are. <laughs> now, okay, so uh, speaking of scheduling, um, again, I brought this up to Daniel Robinson last week because I was amazed by the fact that Cleveland State put out its non-conference schedule so early because they never do that. And we obviously have Oakland's out. We have Green Bay's who came out. And nobody else's has come out. I mean, I'm a little curious as to when we're going to see some scheduling releases because we've already got the conference schedule out, but we don't have the non-conference one out yet. I know Detroit Mercy is close to being done. Um, they're they're trying to get a few one or two home games in against non-D1 opponents. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but um, theirs is, is mostly done. They're going to Boston College, Cincinnati, uh, Eastern, which I think Eastern's going to be really good this year, or they, maybe they will be. Uh, there's a the their MTE Quinnipiac dropped out of, which caused a huge problem um, because that's a whole nother game they had to add. They weren't planning on adding. Um, I'm trying to think who else they're playing here. I think they're going to Tulsa. They have Ohio at home. Um, that's all I could think about the top of my head. I'm trying to figure out where I wrote down who they were playing. Um, but a, a lot more of, I would say, winnable major programs than, you know, losing by 70. Cincinnati was not good last year. No, they were not. And neither Listen, was Boston College. Boston College is never good. <laughs> Boston College is, yeah, Boston College is Boston College, and that's pretty much all they, all they can really say about it. Boston College hasn't been good since... Jim O'Brien from like the or late to late nineties. So yeah, that's how long that's been. Um, so yeah, that's it's yeah, it's funny because we have the because you see all these other non-conference. And by the way, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Eastern Michigan. Shout out to Matt, by the way, who came this close to breaking the Umani Bates eligibility eligibility. Uh, news that he's finally signed with uh, Eastern Michigan because apparently everybody on the Eastern Michigan side was kind of freaking out about the fact he wasn't on the roster yet. He wasn't at the school yet. He, he wasn't was, even at the school yet. He was playing. Like, I mean, he was coming into the gym because who's going to tell Imani Bates who said that he's coming here that he can't be in the gym. So he was working out with those guys, but he wasn't enrolled at the school. He was sitting in I'm sure mom and dad's house or whatever in Ipsy there right down the street and they were trying to figure out this whole, well, you're signed with Nike, but we're an Adidas school. What are we going to do thing? Figure it out. You're Imani Bates. <laughs> and they did. Ex- they did. And, and I'm excited to see him play on the blacktop. I think that's going to be really cool. It's going to be a, a great atmosphere. Oh, yeah. That's going to be great. Um, and that is that is officially the end of any Mac talk that we're going to have today. Because this is the Horizon Roundtable. <laughs> Not the Mac Rod Table. <laughs> So, um, so I, I begin my my question to everybody else. Um, what is the it, it, as far as the non-conference schedule is coming out for everybody else, which obviously has not? Um, is it because of the fact that they have to the, the schools have to spend so much time just trying to piece together 
games or I mean it, it seems like it's been a little more I it seems like we we've gotten more releases in previous years a little earlier than we have this year I I think it's the trickle down from two years of of no money I I, I think it's you know I, I think big schools don't want to go on the road and even if you know, say you're in the A-10, you don't want to go play a Horizon League team or, you know, the Colonial doesn't want to go play a Horizon League team. You have trickle-down where teams don't want to travel. The guarantees are lower. And maybe, you know, four years ago, a team could go play three or four guarantee games and then buy two games with that. That's not happening anymore. From what what I got from Donnie Marsh is the, the guarantees are cut by like 80%. I mean, you're literally getting hotel an airfare and that's it. You're not making any money. So that, that was the real issue with when you didn't have a contract, getting teams to come to you um, because you pay them so much money. A lot of these schools are, perhaps they don't have money. Um, and then, you know, obviously if you, you had, you know, contracts, sure. Those games are probably still going to get played, but even then a lot of those were ripped up and schools got out of them. So I, I think it's, you know, they didn't, a lot of these schools didn't make money on athletics for two years. Now there's no guarantees. Nobody wants to play games. And we're, you know, almost to September, and half these schools probably have one or two games open. To your point, does that mean that we just, you know, I I mean, we've had a couple of folks who have not been very happy with scheduling in the Horizon League over, I don't know, a few years. How does that, uh, does that kind of play into that a little bit? I mean, maybe I, I think the vast majority of people who, who complain on the internet about scheduling and releasing and who's playing who, like I, I would, I get being mad that the horizon leagues, not teams aren't playing better teams, but I just don't think it's, it's in the cards. Like it was 10 years ago. Like the whole landscape's completely changed. And I think even some of our most educated fans have no clue what's going on day to day and why, you know, Detroit Mercy or Green Bay can't pay to have, you know, VCU or somebody come in. Like, even that little step up, you know, between a, a lower mid-major and, and, you know, one of the big mid-majors, like, it, the money's just not in the cards. Um, and And even now, like... You know, you think about it, say U of D or Milwaukee wanted to buy three home games. I mean, even at the low price it is now, that you're probably talking $100,000 to bring in a horrible team. You know, to, to bring in Southeast Missouri or SIUE, because you got to pay for their travel, you got to pay for their hotels, and you got to give them a little bit of money. I mean, maybe if it's not 100 maybe it's 80 now, but it's still not cheap. Like, I, I just, I don't... I don't know where these guys are. Like, where do they think these games are happening? Well, my other uh, two, and I know, Matt, you have brought this, uh, you have you've talked about this a lot. <laughs> I think the other issue here is that even, and I agree with Matt on this one, it's like, do, uh, to me, it doesn't matter. It, it, to me, the scheduling is less important than the fact that you need to win these games. 
even right. if they're like even even if they're like the even if they are like kind of the low end type of teams, they, you know, like a like SIU Edwardsville, um, you gotta win them. And I think the biggest issue with the Horizon League over the last couple of years, actually, it's probably been a lot more than the last couple of years, but I'll just say the last couple of years, it's been the fact that they have not been able to win these games. And in fact, you know, in fact, you know, when I was at the at the Horizon League tournament. Scott Nagy, to his admission, he said, you know, we went to a nine in the we went to a nine in the conference non-conference, and you know, that did affect us, you know, going into the conference schedule. Because they were kind of pretty they were pretty sluggish starting out the conference schedule by his own admission. And I can't disagree with that, especially when you think about the fact that if you're doing badly or so-so in the, if you're doing badly in the non-conference, where, where's the momentum going into the conference schedule? And that uh, schedule that they had, that two and nine, definitely led to them getting a 16 and having to do a play-in, which a lot of people also complained about. They were like, oh, the horizon's weak now. We have to do a play-in game. I'm not sure they really get that like a play-in game was probably the actual best thing for the Horizon League right now. You know, it gives them a block that they can use as a win. Yeah. Uh, but at, at the same time, not going two and nine in the non-conference, especially against teams you should have won against at the time, that should have been a no-brainer kind of deal where it would have led to a 15 or a 14, even yeah. as the four seed going into the tournament, which was, it was tight to begin with, so... And now, so so fast forward a year, and and uh, as we found out later, obviously, uh, Wright State was dealing with a whole lot of other things too while they were at it. Not to mention during the conference season, they had like nearly you know all but like five or six guys get COVID and couldn't go to like go on a road trip, including Scott Nagy, I might add. That Youngstown game was hilarious. I mean, they came very yeah. That's. That was inter- that was kind of an interesting situation, considering that they actually almost won that game if not for a uh, if not for a uh, clutch three by Youngstown State, which is still blows me away. But as it stands, I mean, and and talking about and, and talking about Wright State, um, you have the situation where you no longer have Grandpa Silly, you no longer have Tanner Holden. Um, plug your ears, hit Matt, because I'm going to talk about the factory again. Doesn't bother me. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but with that said, you now you, you got AJ Braun, who you know was a, a pretty you know integral part of integral part of that rotation last season, and you bring in bring in Amari Davis. Um, plus, I have no idea what else they have going on for them. You know, with the with the pieces they got, it come came bring in plus the the obvious pieces they have in place. Does it matter that Tanner Holden and Grandpa Silly left? It it definitely matters. Tanner Holden and Grandpa Silly were two integral pieces of the system. That was like a three pronged attack essentially, where you had Grant Basili essentially hanging out wherever he wanted to hang out. That. And he could reach the ball and essentially get it to where he needed to go. He was the most effective in the in the paint, obviously, but he also had three point capabilities. Tanner Holden could essentially also shoot from anywhere on the floor, um, and 
was quick and agile and can get anywhere going. Now they brought in Amari Davis and Blake Sisley in order to try to like stopgap that loss. So the real question here is if Amari lives up to his freshman of the year from the horizon. Which I eat better because I'm because I'm probably picking him most uh, at least in one all Horizon League team. He better. Right. Right. And then so I don't even he, have to do the transfer article this year. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I didn't say that. also has to live up to the NBC <laughs> freshman of the year and be able to sort of impose his will in the center that the the key with negi led teams is that they needed to have some form of defense in addition to their guard attacking ability and they had almost none of it last year for whatever reason their defense was just almost non-existent and so they had to play the point racing game if if Blake Sisley and Amari Davis can help bolster that defense side of things, alongside Tim Finke, who's like the best defensive player in the horizon, in my opinion, um, then maybe this team has a shot. But that involves those two living up to their titles coming out from where they were. And we'll have to see how that ends up. So can the I other question... Say- I've I've been pretty consistent about this since his time at Green Bay. I am not a huge Amari Davis person. Um, Really? I'm not. I I think he's a good player. I'm not telling you I wouldn't want him on my team, but I don't think he's capable of carrying a team. And I do have to wonder, because it's not like he wasn't already aware of Nagy, you know, coming out of Dayton and everything. These two have been aware of each other for a while. And he went to Green Bay. Then he went to Missouri. I think there was an opportunity for time at – Right state this year that he wasn't going to have at Missouri, which is fine. But I don't think that Nagy and Davis are a great fit for each other, and they've known that for years, but they kind of just needed each other for this year. But I don't think he's going to be a huge impact player. And maybe I'll be wrong. I've been wrong before on, on this podcast. I admit that, but like I don't see it. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, the other concern I, I have... Your, oh, sorry. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I share your um, concern thoughts i don't i don't know how well amari is going to perform coming back to the horizon it's it's obviously a much different change in the sec he got some time there and was able to do some things but he wasn't seeing starting time for the most part uh i think he what got 25 starts total uh something something sorry yeah uh, 13 Um, yeah so he wasn't seeing starting time with any regularity and especially not in the conference where and that was on a bad Missouri the team. opponents. And that was, yeah. So, and then, you know, fast forward, fast forward a year and he's, you know, Dennis Gates is the coach and we all know what Dennis Gates does with his rotation. Brings it. Which he was still doing it. State, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah, he ruined my chit. Yeah. He ruined my opportunity for horizon league all-star team over in Missouri. But yeah, to your point, he's probably the, the playing time is probably going to be the same for, it would probably have been the same for him at Missouri, if not less, but given that what we know about what Dennis Gates does with his, uh, his rotations. Um, plus he also, plus he, if you look at it, he also had, he brought in, he brought in uh, he brought in Deboy Hodge, who I'm very sad left Cleveland State. But you know the, the when when it, when you compare the two, they're you know as far as 
what they bring to the table. Demoy Hodge not only does similarly what Amari Davis does, he shoots three pointers too, which Amari Davis doesn't really do. Yep. Unless he start, unless he all of a sudden decided to start shooting three pointers in Missouri, I wasn't looking. Uh, he doesn't shoot them very well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and that's actually one spot that's interesting for me with Wright State is last year you had guys, you know, Holden and Basili who could shoot threes. Um, this year, you're not going to have nearly as much of that. Um, Davis, the last couple years since he actually started shooting them, uh, he's shooting under 30%. Uh, 28% is last year at Green Bay, and then 24% last year. Um, so not necessarily someone you want shooting a ton of threes. And then uh, A.J. Braun, who, um, spoilers, there will be an article. He checks some boxes. Um he, I don't think, shot any, didn't make any. Um, so, whereas last year you had a couple key guys who shot a lot of threes. Uh, this year, and, you know, shot them pretty well. Uh, this year you're going to have two guys that you probably don't want shooting threes, taking those roles, or, you know, potentially taking those roles. And... Spacing could be an issue. Or are we going to see a lot more of Tim Finke shooting threes? Yeah, it's it's Finke and Calvin, and then maybe Andrew Wellage. Those seem to be the three. And yeah. the other question, yeah, and, and to that point, uh, Scott Nagy has been notorious with very short rotations, and that was obviously true last season. Are we going to see that again this year? Or is he going to widen the bench a little? Or is he just going to keep playing the same short amount of a short number, you know, small number of players that he always has? He has 13, which is a higher number than he usually does. But of them, I count eight potential starters. Uh, You know, we're discounting Andy Neff. We're going to discount Anthony Johnson, who was the Kettering walk-on. C.J. Wilborn has been in the second line for a bit. Uh, we'll have to see about Hubrix because he was a little bit hyped up, but then he had his back injury. Same with Noel. So we have eight people essentially who could move through into a starting rotation that, that once again, Maggie loves his short benches, but much to my chagrin, but maybe he can get that to function. I just... I don't see as much of the talent in this squad, especially considering you have Holden and Basili gone, where it, it's going to take a lot more work and a lot more effort across the bench this time in order to get everything functioning. So, yeah, so that's that's going to be my primary concern with them. So that's going to be that's going to be something. Um well, we had some new. We've we've had some new coaching changes. Obviously, I alluded to Dennis Gates. Still hurts. Alluded to the fact that Daniel Robinson was on the podcast last week. But I do want to talk about Milwaukee a little bit. Um, and Bart Lundy, who basically had to create a new team again. Yeah. Um, they brought back, I think, essentially three kind of bench guys, and that was it. Um, so he for the most part, hit the transfer market very, very, very hard. Um, got a few freshmen, but 
a lot of it is a lot of guys with connections to North Carolina in one way or another. Um, Jordan Ratliff from UNC Pembroke. Uh, let's see. Sorry. Uh, BJ Freeman. Angelo Stewart. A uh, couple JUCO transfers. Uh, Contrell Pullian just got added to the roster like a week and a half ago from out in my neck of the woods, Eastern New Mexico, Division Two. Uh, they got Darvin Ham's son as a walk-on before he uh, Ham took the Lakers job. Um, Ahmad Rand, Jalen Johnson, Justin Thomas. Oh my gosh, Theon Edwards. It, it's a whole new yeah. roster. Um, from my perspective, I would say totally going to be a wild card. I, we're used to that from Milwaukee, though, for very different reasons this year. Um, I see a lot of guys that, to me, have shown that you know they have what it takes to be D1 guys. I mean, Jalen Johnson was on a team that was higher rated than Milwaukee, a you know, bottom third Horizon League team on Ken Palm last year. Uh, last two seasons, he averaged like 16 and six. So he's obviously a D1 player. Uh, Ahmad Rand is a transfer from Oregon State via, or from initially came D1 with Memphis, transferred to Oregon State. So I'm not totally sure, uh, you know, unless... There's a lot of kind of questions about waivers because a lot of these guys, it's... You know, their second transfer um, or a couple of them are coming up from D2, which has a different council and all that. Uh, but I see a lot of guys who are clearly D1 talents. I'm not sure what the situation will be with point guards, because I would say the three most promising are all, you know, like they averaged as many assists as turnovers. So they're more like lead guard guy who has the ball in his hands and is five foot ten six feet tall versus you know an actual point guard um but other than that coming together with a cohesive unit is going to be the biggest issue um because like when i look at the roster i i see eight guys there easily who can you know have shown through different stints in D1 that they can play at this level. Um, but can you get eight guys, nine guys who didn't play together last year to all mesh? Who knows? In Milwaukee, kind of, when you look at the bottom half of the Horizon League, they are kind of in that, um, I basically go uh, replacing half the team. In his case, you know, in Milwaukee's case, obviously because of the coaching change thing with Cleveland State. As far as that, uh, but... Milwaukee is a little more effective than Cleveland State because Cleveland State still has, you know, has a couple of starters that are coming back. As with that said, is does, do you, do we consider Milwaukee to be kind of the biggest wild card here, or would it be somebody else in that that, that what I would consider that bottom half of the conference? I think it would be them, just because. I mean, like I said, they have guys who can play. One, I don't know who is going to be given a waiver to play right away from some of the multi-time multiple transfers. Um, and then two, it's 
you know, an entire roster of guys who've never played together. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say Milwaukee wildcard, as we've been used to, just for different reasons this year, um, I think. Without the, without the hopefully, hopefully the, 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 the Pat Baldwin meltdown has, uh, has, has left with Pat Baldwin. Yeah, I. I with noted think, exceptions. If you look at what um, Lundy has actually done as a coach, I think he's proven that he's better than Baldwin. Um, beyond a shadow of a doubt, because on one hand, he, I mean, before some of these incoming kids were even, like, born, he got his first D1 job uh, with High Point when they were a provisional D1, so they were still in that window that um, Northern Kentucky was in when they joined the Horizon League, uh, where they'd only been D1 for three or four years. Uh, He left with a winning record. the team had had losing records the six seasons before he joined almost two decades ago. He put up, you know, a winning record. I think. I'm encouraged about it. Um, and then obviously what he did at Queens was good enough that they just moved division one this year. So he won almost 80% of his games at Queens, uh, between when he left for the high point job and when he came back for a second stint at Queens, they did not win anywhere near 80% of their games. Uh, He very clearly elevated them and is a big part of why they moved D1. So I'm encouraged um, about him as a coach. I don't know how it's going to translate this year just because it's such a cobbled together, you know, roster. Even even if you want to say yeah he's a he's a really good coach let's let's just assume that that's correct there still always seems to be a learning curve even at the Horizon League level when these new coaches come in you know and even if he, I mean yeah cobble, cobbled together roster like you said new coach new league everything there's gonna be an adjustment there I, I I don't see how it could happen any other way yeah and to your point you know the, the it's funny because we've had the D two to D we've seen it multiple times in this conference. The yeah. D2 to D1 transition, we saw with Link Darner, although Link Darner had a bunch of, uh, you know, had a bunch of uh, holdovers. So he was able to get, uh, he was able to get the, get his team together. And he was able to get a, you know, he was able to get their t- that team to the tournament and then basically hung around, in, you know, top four ever afterwards. And you saw the learning curve with, uh, you saw the learning curve with Jared Calhoun over at uh, Youngstown State. You're still seeing it with Will Ryan, of course. Oh, let's not let's not do it right now. I'll, I'll, get, acu- well, I'll get accused of being a hater again instead of proving out that's it. So, that's okay. Will uh, likes hopefully, facts better than opinion. That, that's okay. Um, hopefully, I think we have uh, – is everybody good with doing another episode? Because I feel like we have enough to, to talk about. I know, Matt, you gotta, you got to bounce after this, for, after this first one's done. <laughs> I'll let everybody else talk instead of me. It's better that way. Everyone's tired of hearing. So, so instead of talking, so instead of, so we'll, we'll hold off on Green Bay for just a, for, for probably. You guys are gonna have to wait a week to talk about to listen to hear about Green Bay. But I did want to pivot over since we got uh, since we got Kyle and John on. I wanted to kind of wrap this first episode up on the women's side, um, where we actually had um, where we had some changes. Uh, we had we had Detroit Mercy. Um, run but head coach number three at this point in the last couple of years and then the other thing too we also had uh iupui austin parkinson 
uh, got IUPUI to the first uh, to the tournament for the first time ever, and then went down the street to Butler. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny. That's I mean that's been you remember IUPUI won the championship in the in the COVID year when you know in 2020 when everything was wiped out. So they'd been kind of their mission for the last two years to get back to that point. You know, I mean, it's it's a common thing in mid-major basketball. I guess you get to that pinnacle and everyone's like, OK, bye, <laughs> you know, but that's pretty much what happened. He pulled a couple of he pulled uh, Rachel McLemore and uh, Anna Mortag over with him as well. So, uh, yeah, I think IUPUI, I think they're going to be better than people expect. Uh, they still have some very good pieces there. But, yeah, they're they're in a little bit of an instant rebuild. As we probably expected, considering we knew that, you know, most of those folks, uh, most of those players, I mean, uh, Obviously, they were going to miss Macy Williams regardless, mm-hmm. um, and there was no way, no way of getting around that one. We're, um, we ever find out what happened with their uh, Phoenix Mercury training camp there? <laughs> I have no idea. There was, a, um, I mean, there was, there was a lot of things floating around online. Not most of it, not very flattering to Macy Williams, but I never heard anything definitive on that. That's I. That's more your area, so I have no clue. <laughs> yeah. All I know is that, all I know is Macy Williams is on the lock now, and I'm gonna keep. You know, you know what? I'm going to respect that. Yeah, you know that's that'd be good for her. She she retired from basketball shortly after that, and, and she, you know she was a great player, obviously, and n- nicest kid. I mean, you remember I interviewed her last summer. Nicest kid ever, honestly. So Indeed. yeah, good that good for true. her. Let's just let it. I feel bad for bringing it up now, but yeah, we should probably let that one be. Yeah, and instead I'm going to talk about their new coaches, Kate Bruce. Um, it's funny because um, if I'm not mistaken, Maria Marcasano, who is the head coach at Purdue Fort Wayne, was at Walsh University D2 school, then mm-hmm. went to Mount St. Mary's, then went to uh, Purdue Fort Wayne. IUPUI just said, "Cut out the middleman. You're not going to another D1 school. You're coming straight from Walsh." <laughs> yeah, and it, Jay. I mean, I don't know how many people out there follow D2 women's basketball, but Walsh is an absolute juggernaut, you know, so I think that's a that's a great hire for IUPUI. You know, again, they're going to have to cycle through things a couple years as that goes. But that that was to me was a home. I think both both of the new coaches were great hires for those respective schools. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that uh, she was actually at Young. She This is her second go around in the Horizon League. She did spend uh a uh, few seasons as an assistant uh, yeah. with Youngstown State as they were finally getting out from the digging themselves out of the hole that the basically last 20 years of futility um, <laughs> had, they had dug themselves into. There's a lot you could get into. Um, you know, there was like the the coaching tree of Bob Bolden, who's now the coach at Ohio, previously the coach at Youngstown State. You could really dig into that and find a lot of crazy lines that go all through the Horizon League. I know crazy but yeah so that's so that i'm gonna she knows the landscape pretty well so i'll be interested in seeing it and then of course there's kate actor um actor or actor carrick you know you probably know better than i do since you saw her last (laughs) i actually don't know oh Oh, no (laughs) thanks a lot go with actor go straight german with it (laughs) that's what i like like i have to say that that was the most not that Mike Davis and the men's coaches weren't normal because they were real cool. I really, really enjoy Coach Marsh, but her group was two in front of us and her her brother and his friends were right in front of us. And like all 12 people in both parties were like slamming beers, cheering him. <laughs> like it, I just feel like she's going to be real fun. I 
I, I don't know, man. You're not going to get invited back with disclosing people's alcohol consumption. I, I mean, suspect were... that it's not com- – I suspect that that's common knowledge. But anyway, it's yeah. alcohol fouting. I mean, I, I, I have a really good feeling about it. I don't – you know, I haven't um, paid much attention to U of D women's hoops since – Autumn was the coach, and and the one the first year of uh, Coach Scott when I I was covering the team. But I, I mean, hopefully she can do something. It's been God, it's been such a shit show there the last yeah. couple of years, and it's I mean you know there's really no way around that fact. I don't there's think nowhere to go but up either. So. Yeah, nowhere to go. I mean, and she again, she was the one where you know she and this sounds kind of crazy to say but one like i think it was 19 18 or 19 games at loyola last year and that was yeah. their best record since the 80s or something like which yeah, ironic it, which incidentally she was cleaning up another mess look at it yeah, you, yeah, Swoops, exactly, which, is yeah, ironic, which incidentally that's hilarious because right now if you have not witnessed it you know the, the cheryl swoops uh the image rehab tour has been going on i don't know if you've noticed that <laughs> But yeah, that's. I mean, that's. It's like, uh, it's sure like, that's, it's like her being a her being a coach at Loyola didn't even exist to anybody. Yeah, <laughs> but I think I mean, you look at like Detroit Mercy. I'm sure they they noticed that that how good of a job she did there at following Cheryl Swoops up. But um, but yeah, I mean, you think about Loyola and the success they've had on the men's side. You don't really think it's a little bit crazy. You say, oh, 18 wins their best record since 1989 or whatever it was. But they fired her anyway. They didn't renew her contract. I think it was just one of those things. Uh, they're going maybe. to the A10. They want an A10 level. They want in their estimation. Want to be able to sell newness. So I mean, I think she was yeah. maybe in that a little bit. But Probably. man, we we saw them at the Wolstein Center last year. By far, Cleveland State, and admittedly not a great out of conference schedule for Cleveland State last year. But they were loyal is by far the toughest team. And I think, uh, you know, their Titans roster isn't markedly better than it was last year. So I think they're still going to struggle a little bit. But that's a that's a long term hire, and she's going to do great things there. I think. I'm glad yeah, you brought out Cleveland State, but hold that thought, uh, Kyle, because we're <laughs> sure. going to talk. We are going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about the Cleveland State women um, at the start of the second episode. We're going to close this one out. Okay. Um, so HorizonRoundtable.com. Uh, so clearly, um, if you are traveling for Labor Day weekend, you're going to, uh, you know, when you come back, you're going to have a Horizon, another episode of the Horizon Roundtable to listen to. So uh, HorizonRoundtable.com. That's where all the rest of our episodes are and all of our content. Uh, you can pull us up where uh, where uh, podcasts are found. You can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So tune in next week. We're going to start with a uh, tune in next week. Until then, thank you all for listening.